I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. Big NFL weekend ahead, and there's some BYU presence in the NFL playoffs. And to talk about the NFL, BYU's presence in the NFL, and maybe some guys that could find themselves in the NFL down the road is our very own KSL Sports producer covering the NFL. It is Kyle Ireland. Kyle, uh, always a pleasure to have you on, man. Hey, good to be back with you guys. Kyle, let's start things off with a massive NFL playoff game between the Cowboys and the 49ers, a game that I'm sure everyone at Cougar Sports Saturday can appreciate this. But growing up, this was the rivalry, right? Steve Young, 49ers, Troy Aikman, Cowboys, just two classic uniforms playing again. What do you expect from this game, and and how impactful will former BYU uh, linebacker and current 49er Fred Warner play in the game? Yeah, I mean, it's a big game. Dallas just picked up their first road playoff victory in 30 years since they beat Steve Young and the 49ers at Candlestick back in the day. So uh, they kind of got the monkey off their back, the Cowboys did, um, in the the wild card round. But, yeah, I expect a really, really good game between those two teams. You've got Dallas, who, after really ending the regular season on a bad note, had a really good offensive game last week. And then the 49ers, they just seem like the team to beat right now in the NFL I uh, I don't know if there's anybody playing better than them. And Fred Warner is, you know, so key to that defense. And I, I think they might end up being like a top 10 all-time defense when it's all said and done. Kyle, when you talk about the, the 49ers defense and Fred Warner, what is it about him in the NFL that makes him so good? Uh, you know, because I think that BYU fans, when they think of Fred Warner, they still think a lot about what he did at BYU and to kind of, what what has he done differently? Because I know you cover BYU or you follow BYU closely too. What do you feel like he, he's elevated his game at? Uh, you know, just what areas has he improved uh, since being a member of the 49ers? Yeah, I think the number one thing is his mental makeup and how he is mentally on the field and how he reads and sees the game. I think that, you know, a lot of the time BYU fans in particular look at Fred Warner and Kyle Van Noy as like the two like pillar linebackers from the last decade or so. Right. And 
Van Noy, for instance, very like rogue type of a player at BYU. They just kind of let him do his thing. You know, he'd wander out of position almost and just go make plays for that defense. Where Fred Warner, I feel like he's the quarterback in the defense for the 49ers, right? Like he knows his role and he's also able to see the defense or see the offense in a way that he's able to communicate to the rest of his team, the coverage that they're about to see as far as the offense is, is concerned. So I think that really Fred's just, he's taken another step here in the last year or so. He was already an all pro a couple of seasons ago. And now again, an all pro another chance to go to the pro bowl or the pro bowl games, whatever you want to say now. And uh, you know, I, I think that he's just really becoming that veteran and uh, he's no longer that younger player. So uh, a lot of guys look up to him, and he's a leader for that defense. Kyle Ireland is our guest here, covers the NFL for KSLSports.com. You can read all of his uh, pieces and coverage on KSLSports.com. Let's take Fred out of the equation. Uh, BYU's had a great year in the NFL. They have so many more players in the NFL now than maybe any other time in the history of BYU football. Who else had great years for BYU? I mean, number one had to have been Jamal Williams, right? I mean, to be able to go and break Barry Sanders' franchise touchdown record with the Lions, I didn't see that coming. I don't know if anybody else did. Um, I I think that that's such a cool story because I, for one, wrote him off as a lead back in the NFL um, after Aaron Jones kind of usurped him with the Packers going in. You know, he's behind DeAndre Swift in Detroit. I was like, you know, DeAndre Swift coming out of college, really good back. And so I just didn't ever see it kind of line up for him. But due to some injuries and him just taking advantage of the opportunities that were given to him this last season, I mean, Jamal put up a thousand yard season for the first time in his career, broke that touchdown record, like I mentioned. And I think that he's become one of those, you know, top 10, 12 backs in the NFL, which is pretty crazy to say, because I don't think that we could have said that at the beginning of the year. And then just kind of in that same vein, I, I had this as my rookie of the year pick for the local guys, and it's Tyler Algier. I thought he was so impressive down the stretch the second half of the season because, you know, going into the year, I thought he had a chance to end up being their, their lead back, but the fact that Cordero Patterson was there and then, you know, they were rotating Huntley in with him as well, I just I didn't know if he'd have the opportunities. And due to some injuries like Detroit, he was, he was given an opportunity to be that lead back, that RB1 for – uh, the Falcons and he didn't disappoint. And I mean, he's just, he's the same guy that we saw his last year at BYU. Right. I mean, he's just a bulldozer. It's a hard guy to tackle takes two or three guys to bring him down. And he gets that, you know, yards after the contact and just really impressive to see what he's done. It wouldn't be surprising to see him in the next two, three years, become a top five back in the NFL. Last summer, Kyle, you had a, uh, some questions and, and some interview session with, Kalani Satake, and and I bring that up because uh, what do you think has been different about BYU to produce so much success in the NFL? Because like Matt said, I I mean, growing up, you know, there was Steve Young. uh, There was a handful of guys, Ty Detmer. I hung up a Eagles Ty Detmer poster on my wall. It's like, please keep playing Ty. Uh, But it just feels different. It slaps a little different these days when it comes to BYU guys in the league where they're impactful and they're getting second contracts. How much of that do you credit to Kalani and what he's doing with this program at BYU? I mean, I would say it even goes back to Bronco Mendenhall because, you know, you you land a guy like Taysom Hill, 
you know, originally going to Stanford and then to be able to get him to come to BYU to have a quarterback that ends up going into the NFL, even if he's not playing quarterback right now. Right. But like to be able to kind of re rebuild that pipeline of quarterbacks from BYU. And now you see Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson follow after that. I think that that position is so key for BYU success to be able to have a guy that they can point to and be like, you know, like just like we did 30, 40 years ago, we're putting guys in the league at that position. And then everything kind of, you know, follows after that. But, you know, BYU has certain position groups that they can recruit it really well. They're just like historically been able to recruit tight ends, uh, offensive linemen, quarterbacks. I think if you can continue to see success like they have, and Kalani's done a great job of it in his few years as BYU's head coach, if he's able to continue to do that, I mean, we'll see this next year, right? Like if Keaton Slovis can come to BYU and kind of build up his draft grade to, you know, what people thought his freshman year at USC, like, oh, that guy in two years, you know, he's going to be a first round pick. If he can get back to, you know, even like a day two pick under BYU's tutelage, I mean, I think that'll be really impressive and speak highly to what, you know, Aaron Roderick and Kalani Satake are able to do there for these guys. Here's a simple question for you, but it's going to be probably a long-winded answer. What the freak happened to Zach Wilson this year, and what is going on in New Jersey, Kyle? I'm pretty sure we talked about this when we all got together on the draft day a couple of years ago, right? Like, I mean, like, it was hours before, and we knew that he was going to New York. And I'm pretty sure each one of us said this, like, Zach's up against it going to that franchise. Like, I mean, quarterbacks go to have their careers ended, basically. I mean, you've seen it over the last 15 years, right? I mean, everybody that goes there just struggles and has a hard time. I don't think that it's necessarily all on the franchise. I think Zach didn't do himself any favors, especially with, you know, his post-game remarks um, that ended up leading to him being benched. And I, I just... I think that there was a lot on his plate and he was trying to fight against that. And, you know, he's a pretty confident guy anyway. And so that with some ego and then, you know, some organizational dysfunction in that franchise, I think that everything was just kind of like an uphill mountain that he had to climb. And I don't know how many guys would have been able to, you know, get out of that. Uh, You know, had Patrick Mahomes gone to that franchise, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes anymore. So I, I think that there was a lot there with, you know, just the jets, but, Zach, I hope, takes this as an opportunity to learn, to grow. I don't think that his, you know, emergence as a a starting quarterback in the NFL is with the Jets. If he's going to get to that level, it's going to be with another team. Week 1, 2023, is Wilson a Jet, in your opinion? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think that... If he doesn't get traded in March, I mean, it all it all depends on who the Jets get. I mean, they're they're talking about going and signing in a veteran quarterback. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers becomes available, something like that. You know, Tom Brady ends up going back to that division. It'll be interesting to see what they do as far as a veteran's concerned. But if they end up signing somebody like, you know, they're trading for Aaron Rodgers, right? Like where he's under contract for a couple of seasons and it's, you know, a pretty big pill to bite if you get rid of him. I would say that, you know, it it makes sense to try and gain some draft capital back. Nobody's going to trade like a first-round pick for Zach Wilson, but I think that there's something there that maybe a team's willing to give him a chance, but I wouldn't expect it to come until maybe like draft day. 
the volatile nature of Jets fans has been just shocking. You know, I sometimes <laughs> think that about BYU fans, I think, you know, after a loss, they'll say, love my team, ride or die with them. Like, uh, like that's what kind of behavior is that? Like, I need volatility. But then I go to the Jets, and I'm like, wow, they get two completions from Mike White, and they say, let's print the shirts. Let's say Mike White's the savior. I'm thinking, what? And then yeah. you, at the end of the, season, end of the season, Mike White's terrible. Joe Flacco's terrible. Zach Wilson's terrible. That franchise is a mess. It, whatever the Jets produce, I hope and pray that you're right, Kyle, that they unload Zach to another franchise, and it becomes Steve Young, you know, part two, where it's in this remarkable story because Steve Young was a bust with the Bucks. So I hope that uh, that does happen because right now I'm, I'm not optimistic about Zach's future in the NFL because I think the Jets have completely broken him. Yeah, I mean, to what you're saying about, like, Mike White and, you know, just them going to the next best thing. I mean, they did that last season as well. They did it his rookie year. You know, you expect him to go in and struggle as a first-year player. And all of a sudden, Mike White comes in when he gets hurt and has, you know, a decent game. It's not like he's blowing, you know, anybody out of the water. But it's just, it's amazing how irrational that fan base is and how they continue to have that same mindset year after year. But you know, going back to Zach, I mean, he's got to control what he can control, and he didn't do a good job of that this season. And I think that if he can learn from that, he'll eventually get an opportunity somewhere else. It'll just be, you know, he needs he needs the right fit, the right coaching, the right, you know, management organization around him to build him up. And, you know, I, th- I thought going into this season that would be the case because – you know, you go out and you get a guy like Garrett Wilson, you know, you're building through the draft to, you know, focus around Zach Wilson. But that that franchise is just so much dysfunction from the top down. Last thing for you, then we'll let you go. Uh, there's several BOU players who have declared for the draft. Blake Freeland, yeah. Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua. How many guys do you see getting taken from BYU in this upcoming NFL draft? Uh, those three. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that those three are going to be the guys that end up getting drafted. I would say that nobody I, else I would look at. Um, I don't think Christopher Brooks gets drafted, but I wouldn't be surprised on him signing, you know, an undrafted free agent deal, like right after the draft ends, you know, maybe with his performance in the hula bowl or whatever that they just had, you know, maybe he sneaks in towards the end of the draft, but I just don't see that. Um, I would say that those three are, are definitely going to get drafted. I would look at, you know, I don't know if Blake or Jaron Hall is going to go first. It's, it's probably one of the two, right, um, over Puka. But I would ex- expect them maybe like a late day two, early day three kind of a selection. And then uh, Puka's probably, you know, towards the end of the draft, five, six, seven round. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kyle Ireland. I'm very envious. He just has his name, has his Twitter handle. Uh, you can also <laughs> check out his bylines on kslsports.com. He's a locals in the NFL insider. Also, Follow his podcast, Yards After College Pod. Uh, he is Kyle Ireland. Kyle, always appreciate the time, my friend, and, uh, and looking forward to the coverage during the NFL playoffs. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Kyle Ireland here on KSL News Radio. Taking a break, we'll have more BYU football talk on the other side. It's KSL News Radio. Back into Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. January 21st, Saturday. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. The month is flying by, and 
the first two years for Zach Wilson were they flew by too. It, it, as the kids would say, it wasn't like a movie though. It was a, more of a horror film. It's been a downright terror. It's been a nightmare for Zach Wilson. He is back in town though. By the way, he was uh, recently at Provo Beach, getting some, uh, having some fun, doing the surfing. You do that, don't you, Matt? A bit I love. I love the Flow Rider at Provo Beach. We need to get the crew together and Flow Ride. Maybe maybe we could do it with Zach. <laughs> I don't know if Zach was surfing, but he he was at Provo Beach recently. Uh, big thanks to Kyle Ireland for hopping on in the previous segment to talk some NFL football and BYU guys. Zach's situation's been a mess. Matt, what do you think is going to happen going forward for Zach? I think he's going to stick around because – the optics of trading him after two years would probably sink the careers for Joe Douglas and for Robert Solov. They're trapped with him. The best case scenario for the Jets going forward is you bring in Derek Carr and uh, Derek Carr can, and Derek Carr is an outstanding guy in the league. He's going to tutor Zach Wilson. He's not going to be one of those vets who come in and make this guy's life a living hell. That's not going to be what Derek Carr does. You learn from Derek Carr. You uh, mature a little bit. And I think the thing that Derek Carr could teach Zach, I love what Kyle said, Mitch, when he said that there were some things that he didn't control well. He didn't control the locker room. And, I mean, it really went south when he said it wasn't his fault when they couldn't move the football against the Patriots. But it was festering before then that there were issues with guys in the Jets locker room and Zach Wilson. He's got to fix that. If he can get people to love him and be – and and I don't really know where we went wrong because he's flying guys to Idaho in the offseason. He's given his offensive linemen gifts. I'm like, he's doing all the things that quarterbacks do, but yet there were guys in the locker room that didn't like him. He's got to fix that. He's got to become a universally beloved player, and I think all the other things will fall into play. But I do think he stays with the Jets, Mitch. I'm with you, too. I think that's a great point because Joe Douglas and Robert Sala would be canned uh, if they're if Zach does not stick with them. And I think still that, what, $35 million guaranteed still has an opportunity to keep him on the roster. If he was a fourth-round pick, uh, I would say he's completely gone off the face of the earth in this league. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of think, you know, who would be in the league five years from now, Jaron or Zach? I'd probably go probably Jaron. I know Zach's already got two years under his belt, but, uh, you know, that, that, that'd be a disastrous finish for Zach because you're a number two pick. You're, he's, he's at risk of being in the same breath as Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell. And I know Cougar fans don't want to hear that, uh, but, you know, his stats don't lie. I mean, he was bad. And I hope, though, that the saving grace is the whole franchise and the system because you're right, Elijah Moore, he wanted out. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the rookie heralded guy, he was complaining there were issues, and, you know, Zach is – I remember his time at BYU. comes off a little bit cocky. I kind of liked it because I thought BYU needed a little bit of an edge because they were coming from the losing uh, stretch that they had with Kalani in that 4-9 and nine season. So I thought it was needed at that time. But, you know, I could see how that could rub people the wrong way. I get that. Uh, he, I think, though, he has kind of turned the corner a little bit with his media savviness, some of his answers in his exit interview – I thought we're good, but I, I hope for the best. You know, I, I think that, you know, BYU fans just so badly want their stars to become stars at the next level. And I think that's why Cougar Nation has just loved the Jamal Williams story, as Kyle alluded to, one of the best stories in the NFL. Far too many times we've seen the Jimmers, the Taysoms, they get the raw end of the deal. 
This one, we want to see those guys get the green light to do what they did in college, and let's see what it does at the pros. And I know Zach, uh, you know, he had his ups and downs at BYU, but I still believe that that, that arm talent, that work ethic that he does have, and I think that's the foundation for him, uh, can win the day and, and succeed. But time's running out, and because the NFL, uh, it could be a situation where, where if he continues to lose a locker room or doesn't have any respect in that room, you could see him completely out of the league. Uh, no one takes a flyer on him again. So tough times, but hopefully Zach can bounce back from this. And we look back on it, and he's better for it in the long run. Yeah. Reputation is the biggest thing he's fighting right now. It's not talent. It's not work ethic. It's reputation because it's not in a good place. And he'll have to work really hard to earn that back. But he's, he's capable. we got to take a break here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Uh, much more BYU football talk coming up here on the show. We'll take the break. More uh, Cougar Sports Saturday on the other side. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans. For Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Cougar Sports Saturday. Matt Maimonte, Mitch Harper, and you know what time it is, Mitch. It's a big NFL playoff weekend, but every single Saturday at 1.30... It's a big moment for you and I, our favorite segment of the program. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Yeah, it's the Top 5. We do this each and every week, even when we get a new producer. And it might be time to stop saying new. Uh, Nate's been with us a few months now, so I'm making a commitment to you, Nate that I will not use new producer ever again after this week. <laughs> You're just the uh, producer, which is uh, – a th- that's an upgrade. That's a promotion. You've, you've shed the title. You're you're back in business as the, as the guy. And, look, me and Mitch, Nate will come up with a list. He's had some great lists since he's been with us. We'll go back and forth. And, uh, look, we don't look at screens. We don't have any notes. This is all off the cuff. And we compete to see who can be the uh, winner – of this week's list and Nate what is this week's list yeah we're gonna keep this list simple this week I think uh you know the last couple weeks I kind of got you guys and made it a little tough on you so we'll make it a little easier today we're gonna make it nice and simple we're gonna look at the top five highest graded players from PFF who are gonna be returning in 2023 Mm, okay and for our listeners out there Nate just explain PFF to them real quick yeah, so PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, they basically look at every play, every player, and analyze how well they, they did their assignments. Um, I, I believe it, there's multiple people breaking down each player, every play, and then at, at the end of the week, um, they calculate these numbers and, and produce a list that shows every player across the entire country and gives them a grade. So this is a compilation of all the grades from the entire season, and so it's basically just uh, ranking 
which players did their job the very best uh, for BYU in 2022. This is going to be a fun list. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Nate, does this include the transfers? Or are we talking about returning this, guys? Like from this is just team? returning guys. Okay. So, okay. So no, no incoming transfers. transfers. Okay. No incoming transfers, just straight guys from BYU. All right. So who's uh, who's going first this week, Nate? Yeah, so Mitch won last week. So he's already taken a 3-1 lead in this Ooh. new era. He Thank you, Saturday. Nate. This is no the karma that. that I was looking to avoid at the beginning of the season. Going segment. for the gentleman's sweep today. Let's go. And Mitch is also starting. So he's got oh, a chance okay. to uh, extend the lead. All right. Let's go with Connor Pay. Connor Pay comes in at number six on the list. He comes in with a grade of 73.5. He's actually, let's see, the second highest ranked offensive lineman. So there is one offensive lineman who's in the top five, but number six, Connor Pay. Okay. I don't dare leave that other offensive lineman on the board for Mitch to take later. So can I have my dear friend from – a local kid, actually. I was going to say from the Pacific Northwest, but really, he's from Orem High School. Kingsley Suamata'ia. Yes, baby. And we already talked about Blake Freeland earlier in the show, Mitch, but this is this also might be a trend. That is the future of what could work at this position. Get some reps at right tackle, which is not as as critical as left tackle. Get some experience and then move on over to left tackle, I think Kingsley's going to do a great job there, and I love that he's on this list because it means that whoever the quarterback is going to be, probably Keaton Slovis, is in good hands with Kingsley on the left side. Yeah, so Kingsley coming in at number five on this list is 75.8. So not a bad grade for Kingsley. Uh, I think we had a lot of expectations for him coming in last year as basically a five-star recruit from Oregon, right? There's a lot of talk even of him possibly beating out Blake Freeland for that left tackle spot yeah. last year. So I, I agree. I think he's going to be starting at left tackle this year. Uh, yeah, he's good for number five. So we are, uh, we're back to Matt, right? Matt's, Matt's got yeah, a Yeah, baby, to let's go. Uh, this guy had a social media post in, uh, in my neck of the woods, Mitch. I live down in Vineyard, Utah. And I said, whoa, I know this street. I lived on this street. This man is a wide receiver. We all wanted him back. We can't believe he got hurt. Mr. Cody Epps. Cody Epps comes in at number one. So number one, 82.4 grade for Cody Epps this last season. Did really well. Broke out as as a freshman. Uh, I mean, redshirt freshman, right? After his, technically his third season. (laughs) Double uh, redshirt freshman. freshman. (laughs) Double redshirt freshman. Coming in at number one on the list. Cody Epps was awesome. He was one of the bright spots of the year. And for him to come back, like, there was so much talk, Mitch, of other programs accusing other programs of tampering, buying players. You like, you just never know if someone like a, a Cody Epps who bursts onto the scene wants to then take his talents to a bigger name program. That never materialized. Like, Cody Epps is a BYU guy. He loves BYU. I think he'll become a fan. If he's not already – I think by next season, he'll be a fan favorite. Cougar Nation loves him, and how can you not? I mean, the guy was uh, referencing God in postgame. He's got aspirations to work in real estate and business. I mean, this is like what you want from a BYU guy who was not a member of the church, didn't really have any connections to BYU, 
and he's all in. Like, how refreshing is that for people that don't know anything about BYU, but they give it a legit chance? This place can do wonders for you, and I just think it's it's always refreshing. I think Cougar Nation always rallies around those guys like Jamal, like Cody Epps, that just embrace BYU to the fullest. And they could have went elsewhere and succeeded anywhere, but they embrace it, and then they become stars, and you want to see Cody maximize his potential because he's got a ton of it. And we're back to Mitch. So, Mitch, you got to get on the board here. Down 2-0. Yeah. I, how about Tyler Batty? Tyler Batty comes in at number two, 81.6 grade from PFF. Uh, Tyler Batty had pretty good year last year, I think. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of had uh, maybe were a little disappointed because they had such high expectations, but uh, he, he had a really good year last year. He had a good year, he did, and I think it just got uh, covered up by a bad defense and a bad defensive year, so it's hard to highlight any individuals in that group. One thing that always stood out with me from my weekly conversations with him he did say he missed far too many tackles and opportunities for tackles for loss and sacks. He's got to finish the job. So when he's got K.J. Jefferson in maybe a third down, you got to wrap up. You can't you know, let him go. Uh, I think as far as the defensive staff is concerned, the guy that maybe is the biggest beneficiary to these changes is Tyler Batty. I think his potential will be realized. And I think I'm going to go bold. I think he's going to be a 10-sack guy next year. I think he's going to be outstanding under the watch of Kelly Papinga. I agree. So, Mitch, you got a chance to tie it. Back to Mitch. Wait a minute. It's back to me, baby. No, it's back to oh, me. Is it? No, is it back to Matt? <laughs> it's back to Matt. It's Matt. All right, Unbelievable. Matt. <laughs> he's going to get the new Nate, producer tag I'm again. A- I'm looking for overtime, guys. I want some overtime. I was just going to say, hey, speaking of bold, I feel like I want to go bold here. I was thinking about this during the week. This is how this is how it came to be. Thinking about the team. You're getting Malik Moore back, but he missed a lot of time. You know who played dang good after Malik Moore went out? Micah Harper. Oh, Micah Harper. Let's go, baby. Great pick. And I love me some Michael Harper. I'm going to call myself the uh, conductor of this hype train for Michael Harper. <laughs> He's my guy. Comes in at number three on this list. A 77.2 grade. Uh, he just had a really good year last year. I, I love how physical he is. When you look at him, he doesn't look like that big of a guy. But he makes a really big impact on the defense. He always lays the wood. Michael Harper clinching a win for Matt. You hit the nail on the head there, Nate, too. His physicality is what makes him critical to this BYU defense because you've got some cover guys, but a lot of the great BYU safeties, Mitch, I know you're on the same wavelength as me. They're physical. Andrew Rich, Aaron Francisco, Daniel Sorensen. We can keep going on. And Kyle Morrell, like physical safeties do well at BYU. And I think we're looking at another great safety in Micah Harper. Best safety since Kainakua. I think come through BYU, and I love Micah Harper as well. I love him from the fact that whenever you type his name, for a brief moment, people think I'm a BYU football player. So in that regard, Micah, (laughs) the confusion you create on the field for offenses and also for people when they read your name and they know of me, they think, is it Mitch Harper? Wait, what? It's Micah Harper? Okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, Micah Harper, what a baller. That dude's a stud, and uh, congrats to you, Matt, for the win. Well done. 
Hey, thank you. You know what, though? I'm going to pay it forward to you. This happened to me. We've talked about this a few times. You'll have to tell me which day you want this. But the last time I went to Disneyland, I had a friend who Venmoed me $5 for a churro, and it made my day. So I will be doing that for you. You choose the day. Okay. Pay it forward, churros at Disneyland. That's how it goes. Okay. And uh, I'll take – you're going to – look, it's a nice consolation. You don't win the top five, but you're going to Disneyland, so I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. You've been, you've been listening to Coach Prime or something, paying it forward? You getting those inspirational Coach Prime videos? I keep watching that, man. I love watching everything Coach Prime. We got to take a break, though. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, BYU football. Wait, hold on. Oh, yes. Wait, 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 wait. There's still one person we don't know who is on the top five. There's oh, yeah. One, there's one more. And this is this is the person I didn't think you guys were going to guess. So uh, any any guesses? Just Mitch, take a crack at it. Um, how about Gabe Summers? No, but he is on the defensive line. So Gabe Summers didn't crack the top ten. It's actually Blake Mangelson. Ah, yes. So Blake Mangelson oh. had, had a solid year. He came in at 77. Over so John Nelson, even. Over John Nelson. So John Nelson tied for seventh place with Ben Bywater. But Blake Mangelson graded just below Michael Harper by one-tenth. Um, but, yeah, that was a surprise to me. Mangelson has a ton of ability. Small school guy, Juab High School I think, I, I man, I just can't wait for Kelly Papinga to get their, his hands on these guys because you put a body like Blake Mangelson, who now has, what, two years under his belt of experience? That's exciting. And I just think that Kelly Papinga will not let this group uh, not maximize their talents. I, I just think that's where I feel confident. Kelly Papinga will get the most out of guys. And for a guy like that's that's an under-the-radar recruit like Blake Mangelson, he'll get the most out of him. The interesting stuff. I didn't realize he was top five. Good stuff. Like I said, we're going to take a break, and we'll get some NFL playoff talk. Uh, a lot of BYU guys making an impact in the NFL. We'll share some predictions and more here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. It's a NFL playoff weekend, divisional round. Uh, a lot of games to get to. Let's share our picks. We'll go around the horn, make this thing quick. Jags at Chiefs. Who you got, guys? Andy Reid, is he going to get it done? Yes, he's going to get it done. The Jaguars are not good, and there will not be another uh, epic collapse like we saw last week in Jacksonville where the Chargers, they just make one play, they win the football game. Like, Kansas City got a break. They're going to win big. Nate? Yeah, my wife's uncle was actually roommates with Andy Reid, so I cannot go against Andy Reid. Chiefs will win. They will beat the Jaguars. Back quickly. Give us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so they're apparently they're still really good friends. Andy Reid will actually fly out my my wife's uncle and his wife. They'll have little trips to Hawaii. They'll have wow. sideline passes when the when the Chiefs play in Indianapolis and this whole big deal. I haven't met the guy yet, but kind of a cool little connection I got there. That's pretty cool. I was one of the worst days in my life. Was I did a KSL News Radio remote, which was outstanding, a Macy's tailgate. I left right when I was supposed to, when the remote ended. Ten minutes later, the remote tech t- tech calls me. I'm on the freeway. I was at a Macy's in, uh, in uh, gosh, Spanish Fork. And then he calls me and says, dude, Mitch, Andy Reid just rolled in. That was the week where they were off, and he goes to the East Carolina BYU game. I'm like, you're kidding me. What? No way. He sends me a video, and it's Andy Reid, and I'm just like, dude, I could have met – 
Big Red. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Jags are not going to have two miracles in back-to-back weeks. Giants at Eagles. I say the Giants with an upset here. I'm, I, I thought what they did last week against Minnesota. I'm going – I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going with Daniel Jones and the Giants. Uh, what about you, Matt? I thought I was going to have the crazy <laughs> pick here, but I'm picking the Giants too. I All just right. – Jalen Hurts is not healthy. Uh, and I get a little leery of teams like the Eagles who haven't been there before, and then they have the bye, and how do they handle that? Like, it doesn't well worry me with Kansas City because they've been there, done that. They're great. It's enough said. But the Eagles, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Giants, they have a good D. They got good playmakers. I like the G-men. Nate? I'm going with the Eagles because if I go with the Giants, we've got a boring uh, boring prediction and we're all going the same way. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'll go go with the Eagles. You're doing the Herb Street thing. We're like, look at the screen. Look at the listen. Like, they're going <laughs> to roast us. Uh, Bengals at Bills. A lot of like emotions here with this one, with what we saw uh, to begin the calendar year on that Monday night with DeMar Hamlin. Bengals, Bills. I'm going with the Bills. I think this is their year. I think they're going to win it all. So I'm riding with Buffalo. Uh, we'll go with you, Nate. What do you say on this one? I'm with the Bills as well. I think that's going to be a tough place to play because I think the Bills are going to pull it out. Bills for come. me as well. All three Bills. 90s nostalgia is carrying over us here on this one. Cowboys at 49ers. I'm going with the Cowboys. They haven't won a divisional game since 1995. I think they break through. And a lot of it is because I always have loved Zeke Elliott. And I love that helmet. It's like a NASCAR-style lid. But I think this Cowboys team is pretty dang good. Uh, what about you, Matt? Who are you going with? You going with the fighting Steve Youngs of the 49ers? I'm going with the fighting Steve Youngs. <laughs> this week, I whipped out an old NFL films that I T-bowed called Sound Effects Steve Young. There's many clips in this 25 minutes of him with the 49ers and Cowboys. My childhood self would hate myself. <laughs> If I pick the Cowboys, so I'm going, I'm riding with Brock Purdy and this loaded 49ers roster. I'm also going with the Niners. I think, I just think the defense is too good. Got to go with the, with Fred Warner as well, but I I do have the Niners beating the Cowboys. Niners, we probably should go with. I, I probably made a, a terrible mistake doing that, but I'm going to, I'll be a contrarian and say the Cowboys. You think about the Niners, like you guys said, Brock Purdy, big 12 ties, Fred Warner, uh, BYU ties, and then of course, Steve Young. So it's like, uh, Back the Big 12, baby. I'm always finding these Big 12 angles. Anything Big 12, I'm just I'm hopping on that. Well, let's take a break. Good stuff, guys. Uh, it's going to be a fun NFL playoff weekend. Divisional round is fantastic football, so lock in and enjoy that. You can also enjoy BYU hoops. They take on San Francisco today. You'll hear from Gideon George coming up next. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.